Well, hi there, folks. We are live, and we are going to be talking about the scamdemic at this point is what I'm going to refer to it as. There is a real chance that I will have this video interrupted by ScrewTube um, somewhere along the way in doing it. Um, if it happens, it happens. I am recording it. Uh, it will live on for all posterity on other channels or other uh, platforms if necessary. And I want to start out by saying something that should be abundantly obvious based on the way I'm dressed in the background. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. And because of that, there is no way that anything I'm going to tell you today is dangerous medical misinformation. That's a made-up term that these people have come up with to try to silence people. Unlike a lot of doctors and scientists that have been silenced and shut down, and we will talk about that some today, uh, I am not a doctor, therefore I do not distribute medical information. Now, these platforms have taken down a lot of actual medical information from actual medical professionals, from people like virologists with decades of experience. Um, I am a journalist. I am a modern journalist. That's what podcasters are. I'm here to educate, and I'm here to entertain, and I'm here to report on facts. And we're going to have this conversation today, and I believe that we're entitled to have this conversation. For two and a half years now, or more, we have been locked down, we have been masked, and we have been told to shut up, and we've been called conspiracy theorists. And I have, um, I, I'm done. I'm done with being told to shut up. I haven't shut up the entire time, but I, I'm really done at this point. And what has me to this point is that so many of the things that people like myself and others have said over this entire period are now being admitted, either openly, at least tacitly, by authorities, I guess you'd call them authorities, media pundits, um, bureaucrats, government officials, etc., in the United States and around the world. And if you go through all the links that I'm going to provide today, they won't be here in this video, but they will be in the link that I will add to this video after it's over, where the audio version of this podcast will live on my server, where, to be blunt, no one can fuck with it. You'll find that a lot of these things that are being revealed now or admitted to now were actually admitted to over a year ago. And for each claim that I'm going to make, I have 20 things that I'm going to say we said would happen and they have in fact happened. Uh, there's a link or two and they're little threads. They're not some huge bombshell or anything. They're little threads that you can pull on as hard as any one of these things is important to you to pull on it. And I encourage you not to believe a fucking thing I say today. Just because I said it, no matter how long you followed me, no matter how much you like me, no matter how much respect for me you have, no matter how many of these things you've heard me say in the past and then saw happen in real time, I'm still going to say, don't believe anything I say because I said it. I'm just a podcaster. I'm just a podcaster. I'm just a human being who uses my eyes and my ears and my powers of observation to observe what's going on, to look at history and say, where have we seen this before? And that is really where I want to start out today. It's, it's kind of where we saw this before. And thanks to my wonderful wife for bringing me a cup of coffee, because I'm going to need it today, I'm sure. Um, I want to start out with some history. I want to start out with some history, and I want to talk to you about something that happened, that we know happened, 
I want to talk to you about the fact that we had a very powerful congressperson that we all know the name of, grill Anthony Fauci. Absolutely grilled the man for withholding medications that he knew were effective. And that he admitted in that grilling that those medications were effective. I, I would I would love to see, you know, in the comments section, you guys, before I reveal it, I don't know how long that'll take for the lag to catch up, but who do you think that congressman was? Especially if you didn't see me post about this on social media a few weeks ago. Who do you think that congressman Would you think it would be like Jim Jordan or Rand Paul or what's his name, Ron Johnson? No. It was Nancy Pelosi. The year, I believe, was 1989. It could be 88. It was somewhere in that time range. The drugs were two drugs that were being used widely in the AIDS community. Thousands of doctors had reported that they were effective. And Nancy Pelosi, the now Speaker of the House, the fact that she was in office back then tells you something about our system of governance. Asked him, point blank, what would you do, Dr. Fauci, if you had AIDS right now? And he said he would take those two drugs. He would go to the street to get them that if he had to. While he was actively preventing them from being entered into trials. Why do I start back there? Well, I think it's an interesting story that most Americans don't know. Yep, Nancy Pelosi, guys. I know some of you are probably like, that can't be the case. The old hag knows all about Fauci and who and what he is. Yes, she does, and she doesn't care right now because it's her, to her political benefit today not to care, but it was in her political benefit back then as a congressperson from San Francisco to care about HIV. And that's how all these people are. And in all of this, and I don't want to go deep into HIV today, but we have all been led to believe that every doctor, every scientist, everyone believes that HIV is the sole cause of the, the illness that we refer to as AIDS. That is not true. They do not all agree with that. And one of the most prominent researchers in the 1980s, the man that was basically laying the groundwork to cure cancers of various kinds, uh, an incredible scientist named Peter Duesberg, wrote an article critiquing not that HIV had nothing to do with AIDS, but it should not be labeled as the sole cause. And Tony Fauci destroyed the man. He destroyed him in every way that he possibly could. He made sure he never got approved for another grant ever again. He put a media blackout on him. Ronald Reagan wanted to hear what he had to say, so Ronald Reagan, while he was president, invited Duesberg and Fauci to the White House together. The little goblin threw an absolute temper tantrum and got it canceled. Multiple times, Duesberg was to be interviewed by major media outlets like Larry King. And the day before the, the interview came, the per, the Duesberg got a phone call saying, sorry, we had to cancel for scheduling reasons. And then right at the time that Duesberg was supposed to be on, guess who was on? Fauci. And I could go on, but I just want you to understand this is not new. And I really want you guys to do me a favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors in my audience. I want you to read Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book called The Real Anthony Fauci. Or do what I'm doing, get the audible version and listen to it. And the reason I want you to do that is because then all of this will make sense. When you know who's been at the helm 
for as long as he has, and you know what his playbook is, you can see it play out today. You really need to read it because you're not really going to understand what's going on. And now I want to turn to COVID. And I'm going to say some things that people called conspiracy theories, many of which are now proven true. But I want to do something first for you. It'll be the first time I ever did this uh, with StreamYard. I want to play a video for you. This is Dr. Peter McCullough yesterday in Washington, D.C. And I want you to not just listen to the words that he has to say, but the title of my presentation today is what? The Day of Reckoning is here. It's over for the COVIDian cult. People have caught on. So when you listen to what Mr. McCullough has to say here, and hopefully this will work, uh, it seems like it would work. Um, when I tested it, it seemed to work, but there were no live people to watch it. I want you to pay attention when the camera moves. This is a crowd of people that were gathered, rallied by the truth yesterday in our nation's capital. From an uh, ecologic perspective, they have demonstrated that the vast majority of hospitalizations and deaths that occurred in this country could have been prevented. What was the shortcoming? What was the shortcoming? The shortcoming is we never had a full-throated endorsement from our government agencies, the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA, nor the White House Task Force. Not once, not once did we hear a full-throated endorsement for doctors and health care providers. We have a million doctors in the United States. We have half a million nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Not once did we hear an endorsement for our best and compassionate care to each and every American. In fact, we heard the opposite. Through a series of statements, a series of actions, there was effectively a chill put on early treatment. Those efforts that were being put forward by the best doctors in America, those efforts were impeded. So, I uh, have a couple things to say about that. Number one, did you see the crowd? Did you see how many people are fed up and are done? There's a lot of things you can do on a Sunday afternoon. Going out in the cold weather to listen to doctors speak in Washington, D.C., prior to this period of our history, I don't think is something that would have made anybody's list at all. People are fed up. This whole thing is crashing apart, and it's going to be in large part about the things I want to say today. But the reason I'm so angry about this is the truth in Dr. McCullough's words right there is huge. For the first time in the history of United States medicine, doctors were actively prevented from treating an illness. Actively prevented. They were not listened to. They were ignored. We have a million plus doctors in the United States. That's, a, that's an army. That's an army by anybody's estimation. A million human beings doing a common thing is an army. They're our most valuable resource when it comes to assessing the situation on the ground in any medical emergency. They should be the first people that are consulted with. We don't need a random controlled study for everything we decide to do in medicine. Doctors treat patients. Doctors are trained empirically on scientific method, on medicine and science. 
Any doctor is more than qualified to treat an illness, observe how that treatment works, and then report their findings. And we have plenty of empirical studies, which means we take such findings from various sources. We judge them based on whether or not they have problems as far as bias and stuff like that. There's even a word for this kind of study, though I don't remember the exact word for it. But the UK has a specific process by which they do this type of study. And the studies that were attempted to be done in many instances were scuttled and destroyed by interference. Doctors were told to not treat patients. Doctors were told to fucking not treat a sick person in front of them. I want to say that one more time to drive it home. And I'm not going to drop a ton of F-bombs today, but if there's ever a time for one, this is it. Doctors were fucking ordered not to treat patients in front of them with diseases when they had the tools to treat the fucking symptoms and they knew what to do. Doctors were threatened that if they used those tools and treated those patients, they could lose their medical license, including it has happened. We've had doctors have their medical license pulled for prescribing medication that they had every legal right to prescribe. We had doctors that were told not to give fluids to patients with dehydration at ERs because they had COVID. Because hydrating fluid is not a treatment for COVID. It doesn't follow the protocol. Do you know what fluids are a treatment for? D fucking hydration. I have an EMT in my audience that had to go to the ER three times to finally force the ER he worked out of to give him fluids because he was dehydrated. We have people with swelling. Doctors know they can treat this with steroids. They've done it forever. Have a right to treat it with steroids. Been doing it forever. Person goes in, has severe swelling. Inflammation. We know it'll work. Can't do it. My wife had COVID. She had massive inflammation in her throat. She couldn't swallow. It led to dehydration. That's how I know all this. Fortunately, our family doctor was like, you have inflammation. Here's a steroid shot. Boom. Immediately, the swelling went down. However, I didn't know that she wasn't drinking enough, and we couldn't catch up, so we had a private hydration company come here and give her fluids. She then slept like a rock and began to recover immediately. If we would have went to an ER, she would have gone. So yes, I'm pissed. Because unlike a lot of people, I'm resourceful. Unlike a lot of people, I had medication available when we became ill. Unlike a lot of people, we think outside the box, and we knew not to even waste our time with hospital treatment for dehydration to call someone that would come to the house for a few hundred bucks and do it because they weren't cowardly, and they weren't afraid, and they weren't scared that they would get the deadly COVIDs that has a 99.97 survival infection fatality rate based on numbers that aren't even accurate. So yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad for all the people out there who suffered and or died that didn't have to. I'm mad for every single person out there who had their family business destroyed after it being open for generations. I am fucking pissed. And if you're not, check your frickin' pulse. Go see if you still fog a mirror. Maybe you're dead walking around in a haze. Or more accurately, a modern zombie. I'm mad. Here's 20 things that we know the media said, that the doctors said, the, the, the top doctors, the Anthony Fauci's of the world said, that aren't true. 
and now they're admitted one way or another. Number one, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are safe for humans to take as medications. We were told they were dangerous. We were told ivermectin was horse medication. When the doctor researcher who discovered it was given a Nobel Prize for its use on humans, and it's incredibly safe. Both medications are listed by the World Health Organization as being incredibly safe medications for humans to take and essential medicines around the world for the good that they do. We have illegal aliens coming into the United States right now. It's not a political statement. It's just a statement. They're being given courses of ivermectin as they come in because of what it does for parasites. It doesn't prove it works for COVID. What it proves is it's not dangerous, and it is for humans. The Department of Veteran Affairs gives out 60,000 doses of hydroxychloroquine a day for treatment of diseases like lupus. I think it's safe for humans. We have studies from all over the world that show effectiveness of both of them. If you read uh, Robert Kennedy's book that I'm really asking you to read for me, you'll read how the study that I was talking about in the UK that would have proven the effectiveness of ivermectin was scuttled by NGO involvement, non-governmental organization involvement, that basically took one of the researchers that had already signed on that, yes, this works, and made him change his statement in the middle of it. We know these medications are safe because people take them all the time. Yet your media told you what when hydroxychloroquine first came out, that it was a valid treatment. And I, was ta- I talked about it before you ever heard it on TV. They told us it was very dangerous and should only be taken in a hospital under the supervision of a doctor. That's their words, not mine. It's exactly what they said. They said it multiple times. And again, I have links to back up everything I'm saying. Little thread links you can start pulling on. For any one of these you have any uh, desire to know more about. They said it should only be taken in a hospital under the supervision of a doctor. A drug that they give out 60,000 outpatient doses of a day through Veteran Affairs. Sorry, guys. That's not, that's not accurate. That's just one. Doctors were silenced and shut down from treating patients or even reporting their results. Here's an example. There was a doctor who, in the very early days of the pandemic, was working in a hospital in New York City. He came right here on YouTube. And he said, I'm an ER doctor. This is what I do. I've been treating patients forever with respiratory illnesses. This is different. We're killing patients by how we're ventilating. Not not that we shouldn't ventilate at all or ever, but how quickly they were ventilating and how high the pressure they were running. This is a doctor treating patients in a hospital with COVID. YouTube took down his videos. Said it was dangerous medical misinformation. Just one example. We all know of doctors that have been silenced left and right. And I want to say something here. Not everybody that's telling you you're being lied to is telling you the truth. There are quacks. They exist. People that think you are turned into a magnet because you got a vaccine. That's not a vaccine, by the way. It's a genetic therapy. We'll get to that. And they can prove that it's, you're a magnet because you stick a penny to you. Pennies are made of zinc and copper. They don't stick to magnets. They're not a ferrous metal. Ferrous metals stick to magnets. And they take those people and they use them. And then they lump every person that speaks out in with those crazy people. 
or I think a lot of times those people are actually controlled opposition. They're there specifically to discredit the people that are speaking out. Like Dr. McCulloch. Like Dr. Robert Malone. And thank God for Joe Rogan having him on. Huh, guys? The guy that invented mRNA technology tells you what's going on with the vaccine, but it's dangerous misinformation. We're silencing doctors, not just preventing them from treating people. I don't have to prove that one. We all know it's true. Um, we also said that COVID was most likely leaked from a lab in a city that did research on coronaviruses. This seemed to make sense. The whole thing starts in a place called Wuhan. <laughs> we have a Wuhan lab researching coronaviruses from bats, and supposedly somebody got it from a wet market. I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, come on. We have to know better than this by now. That it was not, in fact, you know what Fauci called it? A shiny object that would go away and wasn't worth worrying about. But, but, we also know from released emails that several of Fauci's people told him, we think this leaked from here. We think it's credible. In the very early days. And then immediately he took hold of it, turned it around, and silenced it. We know that's true. And we know now that it is considered, even by the mainstream media, a plausible theory. When you get the media to plausible theory from something they call the conspiracy theory, it's probably the case it's more than plausible. It's probable. It makes me sick, folks. It makes me sick to think about all this. It makes me th sick to think about how the fact that we were silenced for saying these things for so long. And now they're being admitted and accepted. Um, we also said Fauci funded research in that lab on gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. This is what the media has admitted about that. Fauci funded research in Wuhan on coronaviruses. What they haven't admitted is it was gain-of-function research. They've admitted that the purpose of the research was to add to the ability of the virus to have more lethality or to jump from one species to another. And on a technicality, they're saying, but that's not really what gain-of-function is. I think that all of us would admit that that's gain-of-function unless we just didn't want to. In fact, Fauci has not just admitted that he funded research in Wuhan on coronaviruses that added to the virus's capabilities, and then said, but that's not gain-of-function. That's not what they're saying. He's, it's the definition of is-is, Bill Clinton style. He's actually defended it as good science, in spite of everything that's happened. And you might just think, just maybe, there was motivation to silence the theory, since paperwork would eventually tie him to that funding. This is incontrovertible. We've had massive dumps of information now that that's the case. We also told you the death numbers and the hospitalization numbers were fake. We said this many, many times, folks. Many times we told you they were fake. I told you over and over they were fake. I told you that when you see COVID hospitalizations, that was anybody in the hospital with COVID, whether they were there because of COVID or not. I told you that. I said that anybody that died and they tested them and they had COVID, or they believed they might have had COVID because they were related to somebody and lived somewhere with somebody that had COVID, it was a COVID death. They all admit that now. 
even uh, the CDC director admitted that there's plenty of people in the hospital tested positive for COVID in the COVID number, especially children that aren't there because of COVID. We told you this over and over. If you go to the state of Texas's website where they track this information, it says COVID hospitalizations. It's also a definitions page. And if you go to the definitions page on that website, it says exactly that, that anybody in the hospital tested positive for COVID is a COVID patient. But yeah, but yeah, hospitals are overrun. This was a bullshit story all along, and it's all out now. It's all out now. Um, the death numbers definitely were elevated too. And everybody heard the extreme examples, you know? Guy dies in a motorcycle accident, test the corpse, I guess, for COVID, COVID death. But that actually was, in a way, controlled opposition information. People knew that that was so rare that it must be just these crazy people like me trying to disprove something that science said was true, even though what we were talking about isn't science. It's, it's actual statistics. It's just numbers. But they've admitted it. They've admitted that the death numbers are absolutely inflated. And when we have people that have, you know, a comorbidity, like high blood pressure, and that person gets COVID and they die, that might be a legitimate COVID death. When they have like five serious life-threatening comorbidities, COVID might put them over the edge, but so could the cold, so could the flu, so could any respiratory illness. Number one cause of death in the elderly, once they're institutionalized, for as long as we've kept records, respiratory infection other. And that's the number one group of people that were hit the hardest is the elderly, especially the elderly in elder care. Let's just be blunt. You do not go to a nursing home to live. You do not go to an end-of-life facility to live. You do not go to memory care facilities to live. You go there to end, to spend the rest of your life, which is basically means, it sounds horrible, I know, but you go there to die. We all know it. Nobody wants to say it. But when we have a population of people that are expected to die within, by the way, eight months, that's the mean uh, life expectancy once you enter a facility like that is eight months and they die in about that period we need to stop attributing those deaths there's so many examples of this <sighs> the next thing we said was the vaccine would have no real effect on the virus itself that it wouldn't stop the pandemic the Pfizer CEO just admitted like a week ago that their vaccine does very little prevent infection and spread Now they say it makes you more likely not to die. But we have to question everything, don't we, at this point? I'm not even going to go there today. But we said it wouldn't stop the spread of the disease, and it wouldn't prevent you from getting infected. I don't think I have to say anything else about that. It's the case. All you have to do is look at when vaccines were introduced and look at the progression of the pandemic, and it didn't alter it at all. It didn't change it at all. Next, we said the vaccine would have serious side effects that it would mess with people's bodies, that it would cause deaths, that it would cause other side effects, serious conditions. You know, just professional athletes who have been injected with the COVID vaccine, there's been 519 cardiac arrests and 311 deaths in professional athletes. Young professional athletes. Not old guys like me that are sick and old, right? Like, you're talking about people that were at the peak of their physical performance. And it's not a normal thing. People say, oh, it's coincidence. It happens. It happens very rarely. You can go look at a graph for yourself. But we said it would happen. 
And they said it wouldn't, and it has. Next, we told you the vaccine wasn't a vaccine. We said, this is experimental gene therapy. Now, there are people that told you that it permanently alters your genetics. I'm not even going to go there. What I said was, it's a genetic therapy. It's not a vaccine. If you pull up Moderna's filing with the SEC, when Moderna decided they wanted to go public, they had to file paperwork with the Security Exchange Commission. You don't lie there. If you lie there, you go to Club Fed, hardcore Club Fed for it. So on page 19, you know what it says? It says that mRNA technology is an experimental gene therapy. That's what it says. It spits it right out and says that. <sighs> Guys, come on. So how do we call it a vaccine today? Well, they changed the government, the CDC and the FDA changed the definition of vaccine so that it could be called a vaccine. Again, you can pull on that third if you want to, but that's, that's the case. That's true. It's not a vaccine. A vaccine prevents the spread and infection of disease, or at least it did until a year ago. And now they just changed the definition of what it is so they can call it a vaccine. So the drug manufacturers can be protected by laws that protect the manufacturers of vaccines. And so they can be mandated because you can't mandate a therapy. I know you say by the, you know, you can't mandate a vaccine, but they have. And it's been done. And there's a lot of ways that it can be done, circumventing constitutional protections. You know? And we also said that the government would then force vaccines through mandates. And we were called conspiracy theorists for it. That you would have to maybe get a passport so you could go shopping, so that you could go to a restaurant, so that you could have a job. I don't need to prove that's true now, do I? If I have to prove to you that's true, I, I, I don't even think you'd be listening to me. So we said that, and then that happened. Then we said that when the vaccines failed miserably, they would blame the unvaccinated. They would blame the people that didn't get the vaccine for the failure of the vaccine. Now, that's never actually happened with an effective vaccine. We, we didn't continue to have massive amounts of outbreaks, for instance, in a non-lethal disease. And I'm even saying that we should have a vaccine for this illness, okay? That's an opinion, But here's the facts. In the 80s and 90s, they developed a vaccination for a childhood illness called chickenpox. Most people my age or older grew up at a time when people got chickenpox. We even grew up at a time where parents basically said, hey, your kid's got chickenpox, let me send my kid over so he gets chickenpox. So that we don't have like somebody going around in their old age and never got it because that's when it's very dangerous to get chickenpox. If you never had it and then getting it as an adult, if actually an older adult really can be quite dangerous. Totally not a thing for kids. Well, we started a vaccination program for chickenpox. Chickenpox almost doesn't exist in the United States today. There's very few cases of it. Is it because 100% of people are vaccinated or have natural immunity? No, there's plenty of parents that do not vaccinate their children at all. I'm not here to place judgment on that, by the way. Good or bad. I don't want to go in the world of opinion today. These are not my opinions. These are facts. We had the chickenpox vaccine introduced. It was widely used. The illness all but vanished because it works. And no one says it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated because there's no chickenpox pandemic or epidemic or endemic or whatever. Right? Because it worked. Because it actually stopped the disease 
from spreading and people who got the vaccine didn't get infected. I'm not saying it was without side effects. I'm not saying it didn't have any problems. It certainly didn't have the amount of problems that the COVID vaccine appears to have. But it worked. At least it worked tacitly. It worked enough. And people say, well, it's over. I see somebody saying over time. There are people that don't believe any vaccines work at all. I think you're denying observable fact. That is my opinion. Since I'm giving an opinion, I should say so. But it worked. No one blames Billy who didn't get vaccinated for the chickenpox, if Tommy, who did get vaccinated for the chickenpox, has a breakthrough case or whatever. Nobody says that. We've never said that before. It's never been a thing until now. Somebody's bringing up shingles. I could say something there I'm not going to because I want to stick with just this today, guys. I don't disagree with you. I just, that's not what we're talking about today. Um, then we said that when the vaccines didn't work, and they don't, when we're talking about prevention of infection and spread of disease. They don't work. The only case that the establishment is even trying to make now is they reduce the likelihood you'll end up in the hospital or dead, which I think we can make a case that that's not true, too. But we said when they didn't work, that it would lead to never-ending boosters. That there would be a booster and another shot and another shot, and they'd keep saying you need more shots, and they would basically end up saying we need shots for the rest of our lives like we're dogs and cats. Anybody want to tell me that's not the case now? Third booster has been approved. Fourth one's on the way. The Pfizer CEO, is, who just admitted that they, they don't really do anything to prevent infection and spread, also is very pleased with the fact that this company is going to be approved so you can get a fourth vaccine. Anybody think there's not going to be a fifth one or a sixth one or a seventh one or an eighth one? Or God knows how many, unless people wake up. So that happened. Um, we also said very early when they started these lockdowns that they would not prevent the spread of the, vaccine, uh, the, the virus. That when things like this occur, when this type of infection occurs, you might slow it down a little bit, but in the end, virus going virus, it's going to go where it's going to go, and it's going to spread where it's going to spread. And unless you're a small island nation or something like that that literally didn't let anybody in or out of the country, they didn't work. If you look at the infection rate right now in New York versus Florida, they're almost identical. New York versus Texas, they're almost identical. There's seasonality to diseases. We actually get a lot more like cold-like illnesses in our summer in the south because people stay inside more and go outside unless it's really hot. And it kind of flip-flops here and there a bit. But in the end, the places that lock down, well... They did just as well as the places that didn't lock down, and vice versa. There was a study that came out saying that masks work, which we'll get to in a second, and lockdowns work. And the variance was 0.7%. Nothing to, vax, to, to mandates and lockdowns. This was before the vaccine. 0.7%, and the CDC declared victory at 0.7%. No scientist, no doctor anywhere on a study of that scale would see a differential of even 1% and say that it meant victory, that they that it proved something worked. It's too small. It's within the margin of error. So we know that the lockdowns didn't work, and they're admitting that. And again, I have links for everything here that you can look up and see people who said they would, would work admitting that they didn't. Mainstream media saying this, okay? Um, in fact... When it comes to lockdowns not working, I have a Stanford study in my link for you. Stanford says they didn't work. 
That's the science, folks. That's the science. Um, next up, we said that masks didn't really do any good and caused other problems. We said that. Respiratory infections and things like that. We knew this because we already had the science. So your science is RCTs. That's, that's what everybody wants, random control trials. So between 1947 and 2019, pre-COVID 2019, there were 12, it's either 12 or 14 studies. It's enough that we have enough, right? That examined would mass masking reduce the spread of a respiratory viral illness like the flu or the cold? 100% of those studies conclusively said no, it wouldn't work. And did warn in various studies that there would be other respiratory infections that could happen because of the masking. Because, you know, honestly, wearing a wet cloth on your face for eight hours a day can breed bacteria. I, didn't, I don't know if you've ever considered that before. You have an immune system, right? But your mask does not, right? So you're, you're respiring all types of bacteria and viruses all the time. You're creating an incubator for them on your face. Well, even the mainstream media admitted that the masks that they're forcing people to wear don't do anything, and they did it 18 months ago was the earliest that I found a mainstream media source admitting this. And yet we still have, in a lot of places, these mask mandates. We still have people that believe in the double, triple, quadruple masks. It's like you're trying to stop mosquitoes, and since the chain link fence doesn't stop your mosquito, you put four layers of chain link, the mosquito still flies through. The virus is so small, it still goes through. It's, it's an aerosolized virus. It spreads um, through aerosols. And masking won't stop it. And now they're talking about N95s. Now, people like us said the entire time, you know, if you're worried about you getting infected, you might get some protection from something like an N95, but the rest of this stuff doesn't work. Well, now everybody's trying to push N95s on everybody. Here's an interesting thing about N95s. Most, not all, but many N95s have a little valve on them. It's a one-way valve. Okay? Do you know what that valve does? It lets your air out without any filtration. N95s only allow for filtration in when they are in that configuration. Not all of them, but many of them. So if you're walking around with that, you're not preventing your spread to anybody else. Not that it matters in reality, but you may protect yourself. But you can't go wearing N95s for that long duration. That's why they never admitted that. That's why they didn't tell you that, because there are serious health risks from oxygen levels for long-time wearing of an N95 mask. They're not meant for long-term wear. They're meant for specific situational use only. So we know the masks don't work. We told you they didn't work, and now they admit they don't work. And they've been admitting it if you actually listened hard enough to hear it. Again, for 18 months at least. And that's mainstream media. Uh, next up, we said the six-foot rule was a completely arbitrary, made-up, bullshit number They did absolutely nothing to prevent the spread of an aerosolized virus. This is now admitted to be fact as well. The same people that said, stay six feet apart, now say it doesn't work. Interesting. But how did redneck duck farmers like me know this? Because, well, common sense, and because we've already done this research. When they say trust the science, what science are they talking about? Are they talking about the hundred years of science before covid Or the brand new special science that is only applies to COVID and, and doesn't apply to any other viral respiratory illness in the history of humanity. Yeah. Bullshit. It was an arbitrary number. And people that were bureaucrats spouting it admitted. They didn't just admit that it didn't work. They admitted that when they came up with it, it was arbitrary. They knew it was arbitrary. 
it was like a value for the population to feel better about something. And it just screwed things up is all that it did. And it made people paranoid. And they thought that was a magic number. And then they changed it to the 10-foot rule, which they also admitted was completely arbitrary. What else do we sell you? Lockdowns would cause massive supply chain disruptions that would do far more harm than COVID. We have studies that tell us this. I've got a link to one of them for you in the audio version of the show. But do we need that? Or can you go to Twitter and look for hashtag bare shelves Biden to see the impact of COVID on our society? Is anybody out there going to tell me today that we don't have a lot of items in short supply, that we don't have a problem, especially with items that we import, that our, our buddy, you know, Biden's butt buddy up in Canada, Trudeau, getting rid of like a massive number of truckers hasn't made that problem worse than Canada. And from my understanding, it's kind of really hurting the northwestern United States, like Washington State right now, because apparently they're a lot more dependent on goods from Canada than like, let's say, Texas is. But yeah, we said this is going to hurt more. Doing these lockdowns, business closures is going to hurt us more than COVID ever will. Well, now we have like university studies that tell us what we all already knew in our hearts. Just nice to be vindicated, I guess. What else did they say? Well, we said that masking children was a really dangerous thing to do. Not necessarily direct health endangerment, even though there is some problem with putting masks on people from a health standpoint, physical health, but mental health. We said that children are in this developmental stage, you know, especially when they're like toddlers up to like 9, 10 years old. And that facial recognition is really important for their emotional development, for their emotional learning, for learning to recognize emotions in other people, and that they take a great deal of feedback from faces. In fact, that taught, you know, babies, by the time they're only even a few months old, start really paying attention to this mouth region that we're now covering up. And this would have a detrimental effect to the psychology of our children. Well, Psychology Today admitted that over a year ago. They tried to talk around it, and they just said, you know, when you're at home with your kids, make sure you take your mask off and spend some real quality face time with them. But they admitted to every problem, and now we have all types of psychologists coming out and saying they're seeing these problems. How could redneck duck farmers, podcasters like me, know this? Because we know how much communication occurs when you're looking at somebody's face versus just hearing their words. Not to mention, there's a lot of times, don't you look at people wearing a mask and think they look afraid? They look afraid. They look afraid. Sometimes I think they are. I call it fear eyes. But a lot of times I realize they don't, that maybe that person's actually smiling behind their mask, but you can't see it. Well, you can rationalize that. What do you think the effect is on children who do that whole developmental period, looking at adults and always seeing fear? We know it's not good. We know that now. Some of us knew that then. We tried to tell you, you didn't listen. Instead, we got cries and outrage that we were killing grandma, which never made any sense. And you notice a lot of the things that people used to say that never made any sense, they just stopped saying them. I haven't been accused of killing grandma for quite a while now because I don't wear a mask when I go fishing in the woods by myself, which I was accused of exactly that when this whole thing started. The fact that I said, I went fishing yesterday in the woods, I obviously didn't wear a mask. Somebody actually said I was responsible for the death of their grandparent in Oregon. I live in Texas. I don't know how that works, but I know it doesn't work the way that any virus actually works. But we said that. We also told you that natural immunity was more powerful than any vaccine. That it was actually the key to ending this is to, you know, protect the vulnerable and let everybody else go on with their life and it would burn itself out, which is what, what Omicron is. Omicron is the virus burning itself out. 
You're watching it happen in real time right now. You're watching the death of the COVIDian cult right now. Remember I said COVID is killing the dying? It's come full circle. Now it's killing itself. This is COVIDian suicide happening right now. But the CDC, not Alex Jones, right? Not a real crazy guy like, you know, Dr. Ron Paul or something like that. The CDC. Apparently, they looked at some data. They're not real fond of doing this. They didn't really do a study, but they looked at data. I sure wish they'd spent more time looking at data. And they determined, and they announced just a couple days ago, natural immunity was six times stronger when it came to the Delta wave of COVID. It was six times better than being vaccinated. Natural immunity, no vaccine, vaccine only, no prior infection. National immunity is six times stronger. We said that. We've been saying since the very beginning, if you've had COVID, it makes absolutely no sense that you would get a vaccine. They keep insisting you need it. Even after they admitted this, they still said, well, you should still get your vaccine. It's almost like there's some sort of financial incentive to sell vaccines and all this. But they're free, Jack. Yeah, they're not free. There's nothing that's free. We're paying for it in many ways. The CDC says that the natural immunity is six times more powerful. If it's six times more powerful, there's absolutely no need of a vaccine for anybody with a prior infection. None. Zero. Even if it was killing as many people as they claim, which we've already established is false. Ah, Next we said the spike protein in the vaccine could cleave off the injection site and cause problems throughout your body, systemic level problems and side effects from the vaccine. It was never supposed to do that. It was supposed to remain in the injection site and then trigger the immune response. It wasn't supposed to move through the body. And when we said it was happening, we were told to shut up. We were conspiracy theories that we didn't know, listen to the experts, trust the Fauci science, etc. But there's a problem with that. You see the guy, again, God bless Joe Rogan, Dr. Robert Malone, co-inventor of the mRNA technology. He came out and said, it's exactly what happens. He was silenced for you know, medical misinformation because clearly the guy that invented the technology doesn't understand it because that's just the way it works with COVID. Nothing else, but it works that way with COVID. So we know that, and I have proof, because you can listen to the guy tell you himself that it happens. Um, we also said, I specifically said, I was afraid about fertility issues, especially in women. I, had, I said I had no evidence for that whatsoever, but it was just based on everything I was looking at, a gut feeling. And now, and, and that there would be some evidence of this. Well, now what they're all saying is, well, yeah, it, it can totally mess up your menstruation periods, women. But don't worry, it doesn't affect your fertility. What? Really? So I, I, I was always under the impression, now again, I am just a redneck hippie duck farmer, okay, and a podcaster. But I was always under the impression that menstruation cycles had something to do with reproductivity in women. That as they went through their reproductive cycle and it ended, that it resulted in menstruation. And if that changes, then something with reproduction must be different. But don't worry, they all say it's safe and not to worry about it. But yeah, it might happen. There's a problem with this theory, though. We have women that are post-menopause, 10 years or more, since they had a period. After the injection, they have periods. I'm not going to call this one completely confirmed yet, as far as how it will affect fertility rates, but there's been definite reproductive harm. Now, whether it's temporary or not, we will see. I'm an open-minded person. I report the facts. I don't make shit up as I go along, unlike some people, Brian Seltzer, 
Next. We said that the numbers in the VARES database are incredibly low and can't be trusted, and they're still alarming. Told to shut up. Stop looking at VARES. You don't know how to interpret the data. As though a, a layman can't read deaths reported and go, that's how many deaths were reported. Well, a Columbia study said that it was off by at least a factor of 10, meaning the numbers are actually 10 times worse than what's reported, with hundreds of thousands of adverse reactions reported, some minor, some major, and tens of thousands of deaths reported. I think it's like 20,000-odd deaths reported in VARES. And if we're to believe Columbia University, and I know we're supposed to trust the science, that number is about a factor of 10 off. Um, people say that it's in the live chat that VARES is difficult to navigate. It is, but it isn't, if you know how to do it. And basically what you want to do is call up a report, and then it spits out the data in a table. And when you do that, you get very, very unhappy numbers. And you see a giant spike when we started vaccinating for this thing. And it's the same reporting system that's been used for all the vaccines, including COVID. And you can see the COVID effect. Huge, huge, massive wave of increase of all side effects and deaths. And we're told not to talk about it. And I can tell you right now, I have talked to numerous doctors and nurses that have been told, do not report to VAERS. No matter what you see, don't do it. So maybe that 10 number is even a little bit low. The final thing we've said, for longer than COVID has been around, and this is where I would like every single person that's called me a conspiracy theorist and shit like that over the years, I'd like you to apologize now, please. I think I'm due, and I think all of us are. And again, there are batshit crazy people out there. I'm not saying there's not. But in general, we've all been lumped in with them. And the biggest thing we've been lumped in for is we have said that you cannot trust the government and you cannot trust the media. That all of it, all of it was to be questioned at all times. And that the sources themselves were not trustworthy. I don't know what you call a person that puts trust in government and media right now. I really don't. People will say sheep. Sheep are smarter than that. And sheep could be forgiven for the way they behave. They're sheep. They're not human beings. They don't have higher cognitive reasoning like humans are supposed to have. I think it's incredibly sad that people today still trust the government and they still trust the media. They trust the government if the initial after the name is right. If they're a Democrat, they look for a D, I can trust this person. The Republican, it says, all right, I can trust this person. Most of the people causing all the problems aren't even politicians, folks. Anthony, Anthony Fauci is not a politician. He's a bureaucrat. Most of these policies, even when they're enacted by politicians, they're coming from bureaucrats. People pay with your tax dollars that have tremendous financial incentives to listen to the great high priest, Anthony Fauci. Again, please read Robert Kennedy's book. This doesn't seem to make any sense. But I think it makes perfect sense. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't want it to. There's a lot of people that will probably watch this or hear about this, maybe watch a piece of it and say, Jack Spirico just wants to basically say, see, I was right, nah, 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 or something like that. Trust me. There is nothing I could wish for more than to have been wrong about all of this from the very beginning. I wish I was. Because then I wouldn't have to accept the truth that's staring me in the face right now. But that truth is being seen by more people every day. I've seen it happen. 
People don't come out and admit they were wrong. They just change what they say they believe, and they conveniently forget the months or even, in this case, more than a year of doubling down on stupid. Media is doing it. I just talked about it last week. You know, I just talked about it last week. The media is distancing themselves from the whole thing. They're acting like, you know, the real Holocaust deniers, right? The real Holocaust deniers were the people that lived, like, down the road in Germany from a concentration camp and said they didn't know. They didn't know it was happening. Those were the real deniers. That's how the media is starting to act right now. They're acting incredulous. We were lied to, etc., as though they didn't propagate the lie. That they didn't know it was happening. They knew it was happening. They knew what was happening. Every freaking person in the media had doctors reaching out to them going, I want to be heard. I can tell you what I'm seeing with my patients. And they were ignored or silenced or told to go away. They knew. They knew the whole time. They got on board because it fit their agenda and their political ideology and then their paychecks were tied to it. Producers that and reporters that tried to do real work were fired or given verbal beatdowns and told to shut up and go back to work if they if they you know valued their paycheck. A few of them quit, a few of them came out. But let me tell you something, guys. When you're in business and you get a couple letters, handwritten letters, complaining about your customer service, do you know what you have? A serious fucking problem. Yep. You know you have a serious problem. Back in the days when handwritten letters were still a thing, every business person knew that. My dad was a pretty good entrepreneur. He taught me that. And I'm like, what do you mean like a company with like thousands of customers, if they get two or three letters saying that they suck, that's bad? He's like, yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. Because for every one you get, there's 50 people didn't take the time to write, at least. you gotta, you got to multiply that number by 50 to 100 and the bigger the company, the more the multiplier is. This is, used to be, anyway, a common rule in business. People understood this before we let our lives be ruled by Twitter mobs that didn't even know what they were mobbing about. So when you see a couple, three reporters and producers breaking with the herd, there's a hell of a lot more that want to, but they don't have the courage to do it. Or maybe they don't have the financial ability to do it. We all think of like all these media people as rich. But the, the street-level reporters, the people that work for local channels and shit, they don't make any more money than your typical middle-class person. They really don't. They're not rich. It's like any other profession. 1% make 80% of the money on the top end. And the other 20% is spread across the other 99 percentile. For every Tucker Carlson that's worth $30 million, there's, there's a 1,000 people that are lucky to be worth $30,000. That's just the way that it is. So we know this has been going on. We know this has been happening. We know they've been doing this to us. And up until now, we've let them. We've let them. And I know some of you out there are mad at me for saying that right now because you're like, I didn't let them. I didn't let them either. I didn't let them do it to me. But as a society, they got away with it. They're still getting away with it. You have the CEO of, you know one of the two big vaccine manufacturers, admitting in open-air daylight, our vaccine does very little to protect spread or infection. That's a quote. 
You can go look it up for yourself. Again, don't believe anything I said because I said it. But while I'm talking, trust me, and then verify later. Okay? Trust but verify. And at the same time, we still have this call that we need passports. I submit to you that everything Nazi Germany did, short of putting people in gas chambers, has been done in response to this somewhere in the world. Not everywhere in the world all at the same time. Yet, Australia and Austria are really working on it, though, aren't they? Concentration camps? Check. Got those. Instead of being marked as a Jew, you have to have a mark to move around. And if you don't, the unmarked are targeted. It's the same thing. It's not a star. It's an app on a cell phone or a piece of paper. Oh, have you guys ever seen a movie? Not just any movie. A movie about Nazi Germany. Can you think of any of them? Especially like when they made real ones about it. Like back in the 80s and the 70s. Like wartime you know, uh, reenactments of, of it. Have you ever heard the term, where are your papers? Where are your papers? I can't remember the name of the movie. I remember this really old movie one time I was watching. And they had this pilot. And they had him in a chair. And the German interrogator's like, what were you doing flying over the Rhineland? Sightseeing? You know? And the guy laughs. He's like, we have ways of making you talk. Sergeant Schultz. This big dude comes up and like slaps the shit out of him, you know. Where are your papers? He asks the guy, where are your papers? Hmm. Have you ever looked up those papers? I mean, really? I saw this on a social media site. I thought it was fake. I had to verify it for myself because that's what I do. I verify things. It said on the front of those papers was this word, this phrase in German. And it said it meant vaccine passport. I was like, that smacks of bullshit to me. So, I don't speak German. It's a really long word. So I like have it on one screen and I'm typing it on the other screen because I can't cut and paste it because it's a picture. I go stick it in Google Translator. Vaccine passport. I'm sorry, health passport. Not vaccine passport. Health passport. It translates to health passport. Your papers in Nazi Germany were a, that's it, somebody's writing it in there. Ben on Facebook. I can't pronounce that word. Gushunderhaltenpass or something like that. Gushunheitenpass. Anybody doubting me right now? You can see it. I have it on the screen. Type it. Search for it. Google Translate. See what it stands for. Health passport. Saying we're concerned about your health is something tyrants have been doing for a very long time to control populations. This is where we are. I was going to take some comments and questions. I'm not. This has actually worn me out more than I thought it would. And I appreciate y'all being here with me today and listening to what I have to say. There's a reason I did this episode, and that's what I want to end with explaining why. I didn't really do it to convince anybody of anything. I know my audience, and I know I lost a lot of my audience. I have... Multiple times in my career of 13 years, I had times where my integrity, for the truth as I see it, has cost me significant segments of my audience. Nothing hit me as hard as COVID did when it started. Nothing. I never had as many people 
leave because of my stance on COVID, which is basically all of these things. But that means that those of you that are still listening to me, I probably didn't tell you anything you didn't know today, except maybe the early history of Fauci and his interactions with Speaker Pelosi when she wasn't Speaker and the crap that he did during the AIDS pandemic. That's probably the only thing a lot of you learned. I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. But I wanted it all in one place. Not so I could tap dance and say, look, I'm right, I was right, right? No, I want it all in one place because I want you to never forget. I want you to never forget. There's a song out right now, and I can't play it here on YouTube for you, but you can look it up for yourself. It's by Aaron Lewis. And it's called Get What You Get. And it's sometimes when you give what you give, you get what you get. And there's a line in that song. He says, I don't have amnesia, and Lord knows I ain't Jesus. Because I can't forgive or forget. And it's about all of this. doesn't directly say so. It's actually written kind of like a country song, like a woman done it wrong. When you listen to all the words in it, you know it's not. You know he's talking about government. But that's the most important line in the song to me. I can't forgive or forget. I don't want you to forget. And we're not going to forgive. Honestly, I can forgive... I guess I wasn't around for it, so it's maybe disingenuous to say, but it's, it's easier for me to give, forgive, let's say, any country we went to war with, even if they were really, really bad. We knew they were our enemy. They were supposed to fight against us. They were supposed to shoot at us or bomb us or whatever it is that they did. We, we knew what we were getting into. We knew they were the enemy. So when the conflict ends, if you want to have a civilized world, then you forgive. Maybe you don't forget, but you forgive. And you move on. You know, we rebuilt Japan after World War II. They're an ally today. We've forgiven. We have a lot to be forgiven there, too. Firebombing Tokyo, dropping a couple atomic bombs. We did some bad things, too. But we seem to have mostly, on both sides, forgiven each other. We're enemies, fighting in a war. I will never forgive these people. Because they were supposed to be on our side. They were supposed to look out for you. They weren't supposed to use your grandmother against you. While they sent sick people into the facility that she was living in and actually killed her. They weren't supposed to destroy your business. If this was as bad as they claimed, and it wasn't. I'm talking about the illness here. What they should have been doing from the beginning is how do we protect people's livelihoods as much as their lives? That's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. They should have looked at the totality of health. The healthcare practitioner should not be going, gee, I want to make sure you don't get COVID. I don't care if you die of cancer because you missed your screening because COVID. The bureaucrats making decisions about shutting down industries should have been thinking about the consequences of shutting those industries down. Remember the old thing that they used to say in old school newspaper days when newspapers actually did news? Stop the presses. <sighs> Brother, that ain't nothing but a line in a movie. You do not stop the presses. You stop the presses, 
there ain't going to be a newspaper that day. Once that thing was rolling, it had to keep rolling. There's no such thing as stopping a press. You might add a page, but you don't stop the presses. It's an ordeal to start it back up. That pales in comparison to stopping the global economy and thinking you can just turn it back on 15 days later after we slow the spread or two years later. Never forgive them. Never forget. And never trust them ever again. We can never trust these institutions ever again. We can never trust our government ever again. That doesn't mean that everything they say is a lie, but we have to assume it's a lie first and verify. And then if we find out it's not a lie, then we can use that information in our lives. We can never trust any news agency ever again, even a brand new one that claims to be doing it differently, not until they prove themselves. We can never trust the American Medical Association. Some of us didn't already, but now you shouldn't either. You can never trust the CDC. You can never And, and Jake's saying it, ever, 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 dot, 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 ever. That needs to be it. I wanted this all in one place. And I didn't even get it all. I stopped myself intentionally at 20, so this wouldn't go too long. Like I said, this wore me out, guys. This wasn't easy to do. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I have threads for you to pull on if you want to. They'll be in the audio version. I'll catch you guys later. Wow.
children just can't pay Nobody up there cares They're living for today 